Jada Curry, how are you? It takes hard work. Like, you're not going to win championships without the hard work. So, I mean, if it took four years, it took four years. But I'm glad that it ended that way for sure. And yeah. when it comes to you, you go, no, I want to be Pac-12 freshman of the year. And I was yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Writing down three goals, um, three things that I wanted to improve in that practice specific. Do you realize that level of greatness at your eye or, or not yeah, really? Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm definitely my biggest critic. Um, How often are you asked if you're related to Seth Curry? You can see in the video very clearly, like when I saw him walk out, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's Steph, like it's still that, um, you still get those, that fangirl type of attitude when you're around people that you look up to. Biggest fear as a leader? Biggest fear? Oh wow. Um. My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. I am your host, Fernando Andrade, and today I have a very, very, very special guest here in front of me, Jada Curry, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Very good, very excited about this one. A little... Fun fact, <laughs> you're the first person that's younger than me that's a guest. Wow, that's crazy. So Glad to be the first, for sure. <laughs> yeah, making me feel a, a bit old, but uh, very excited about this one. Yeah. Uh, for those that, for some reason, don't know your name, don't know who you are, yeah. would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Jada Curry. Um, I mean, I go to Cal, obviously. Um, I'm a freshman on the women's basketball team. Um, very... I just like to say this with everything, but very family-oriented. Um, love my family, my mom and my uh, dad and my three sisters. But uh, besides that, that's pretty much it. Yep. I, I love that. <laughs> the reason I always ask that, especially now, like, as my project is growing, as I get people on mm-hmm. with a bigger platform, I have in my head that regardless of how big this podcast ever gets, yeah. I will always start off with that question because yeah. I'm curious to see how people For sure. react to it, you know? So I, I love that you say, say that. So before we even start diving mm-hmm. in, usually I just start right away. Yeah. You mentioned family-oriented, and yeah. I think that does define a lot of who you are and your personality. So mm-hmm. what, what does that mean? Yeah, um, I mean, since I was young, I don't have that many cousins, per se. There's probably a total of nine of us, and we're all girls. So um, the dynamic is kind of very, obviously, feminine. Um, I have all aunts except for one uncle, so and, of course, my dad. But um, I've just been around girls my whole life, um, and it's been good and bad, I think, um, because it's all girls. We butt heads a lot um, and argue a lot, and we just have really strong personalities, I feel like, I mean, my family. But, yeah, I mean, super family-oriented. I um, love hanging out with them. Can't wait to go home at the end of this week for uh, for break. But, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love that. And it's a great way to, to start off. And we'll definitely dive deeper yeah. into that. Um, but for starters, how did you get into the game of basketball? What was your childhood like? You mm. obviously just mentioned your family. But what, what was your, your childhood like school-wise, sport-wise, uh, things like that? Yeah. Um, I mean... I started playing basketball when I was about four. Um, I had my younger sister. She was she were a year and a half apart, so she was three. But um, we've played basketball since, I mean, as long as I can remember. Um, 
I played, I did basketball. I also did golf a little bit, which is a weird fact. But um, my dad, um, he golfs still, but um, he just loves it. And I would just, you know, go with him and just play golf. But besides that, it's really been basketball my whole life. Um, and with my little sister, she's graduating um, high school right now. She'll be at LMU next year. So, I mean, it's really just been our life for as long as I can remember. But, um, yeah, that's basically... She she's a little different. She played softball. She did a lot of other things, but my focus has always been um, basketball, basketball, and really just because my dad and my mom they put us in that, and it just kind of stuck. So since then, it's just been that. What What was the process of leaving golf? How long did you play golf? Oh, I think I could definitely from the get go knew that was more of a leisure thing. Like it was just fun to just go with my dad and go to the range and things like that. But um, I think probably I probably stopped. I started probably when I was like. Six seven and stopped maybe around like eight. I don't okay. really know time, right? but not too long. Just something for fun. But it's really been that just basketball for real. It's it's funny because I have a very similar experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got into soccer, it, I was one of those that well, my parents put me in in all different sports. But as soon yeah. as I met soccer, I was talking to my mom the other day. It was like mm-hmm. two three years old. Immediately it stuck clicked, to yeah. it. Everything <laughs> else went away. And golf was there for probably like a year as well because of my dad. He was like, yeah, you need to learn this. And uh, last week I was down in Scottsdale Mm -hmm. and I just posted a little video at Top Golf and it was so bad. I was making fun of myself. But my dad's like, yeah, you need to you need yeah, to work see, on that I swing. Mean, top golf is not my uh, thing either, but yeah, I mean it's fun. So we actually we just went. We were in um, at the Pac-12 tournament. So once it was over, we stayed out there for a couple more days and we were at Top Golf having a blast. But yeah, definitely glad I chose basketball, not golf. Cause yeah, because <laughs> you have family out in Vegas as well, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, my cousins and um, my aunt and I think oh my grandparents actually recently moved out there. So yeah, a couple people out there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember? what it was like getting into the game of basketball. For example, like just to elaborate, for me, uh, my mom's side of the family watched it a lot, but I don't see them more than twice a year mm-hmm. at that time. Now right. I see them once a year, once every two years sort yeah. of thing. But they were very into it. My parents were not. My mm-hmm. dad definitely was not into the game of soccer. Mm-hmm. He got into it because of me. Right. Um, but for me, it was I just showed up and it clicked. Yeah. For you, there's someone inspire you did someone get you into it or was mm-hmm. it just a click when when you got yeah in? um I think it was just a click but also I think of how much my dad loves sports in general um him he was very very uh, adamant about you know pushing us always practice training all of this because he wanted us you know do what we're doing now going to college and you know playing um but yeah I think for me it just clicked um I don't remember that long ago like how it felt per se but I think um I mean it's definitely something now that I use as just something to, you know, whether I'm stressed, whether I'm sad, happy, whatever it may be, something that I go to um, all the time. So, You talked about getting pushed to, like, uh, reach the level that you're at mm. right now and just push yourself. Yeah. What, what was that like? At what age did that start? I saw your commitment video, and I'm assuming it was your dad, possibly maybe yeah. a coach, but it said that by seven years old, you were doing drills that mm-hmm. the person speaking couldn't even do, yeah. right? So you were putting in extra work at that age, or, yeah. or what was it like? Yeah, I mean, um, and that was my dad. One thing about him, um, just to put that out there, he is very, very supportive. Um, he's our number one fan. When I say our, I'm talking about me and my little sister, but um, he's our number one fan, like, it, if you see him in person, like, you'll know, oh, that's Jada's dad. Like, you he, you know it's my dad. But um, he was probably, um, for a small amount of time, like, I worked out with him, I guess, um, when I was really, really young. But once I started to actually, you know, I guess, 
evolve <laughs> or get better per se. But um, I think I had a couple of trainers. Um, Coach Joe was a main one that was with me from like age eight to like fourteen ish, somewhere around there. Um, my high school coach, Coach Woods, um, and my uncle Gerald. Um, he's actually overseas playing right now, and we trained with him. For the longest, there was during COVID, we were actually we would be in his backyard, like lifting weights, like it was very prison like, <laughs> and because um, everything was closed. But he's probably the main one that I can say um, really helped me between uh, like high school coming to college. Um, at that point in my life, he really um, influenced me and just helped me, you know, be who I am right now. Awesome, that's yeah. awesome. At what age was that jump, right? Because you mentioned like with your dad at seven, mm-hmm. but was there a specific moment in time where when it was like, you know what, I need uh, a trainer that is certified mm-hmm. in this, uh, I need to reach a, a next level? Yeah, um, I played in this league called NJB when we were really young, when we were about uh, four and three, but um, so we were assigned a coach, and that was more so just for like practice purposes, but um, my dad, I worked out with um, Gerald when I was younger a little bit, but more so um, Coach Joe, and I'm blanking on my other coach's name that really was there when I was really young, but he um, also helped. So we did. We had trainers at a really young age, cause, um, and I can appreciate that, cause one thing I like to separate sometimes. Like my dad were to train me, and a lot of dads train their daughters or sons or whatever. But I like how my dad is my dad, and I have my trainers. So even though he loves it so much, I think it, our relationship would be a little different if he was my trainer like my whole life. So I'm glad he put us with other people for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can fully, fully relate to that. Mm-hmm. Both my dad and mom are extremely supportive yeah. um in everything we we do um but it they like i said they didn't know the game of soccer right. they didn't really know how to train but i remember a specific trip where it was just me and my dad and my dad looks at me and we found the commercial mm-hmm. and it was um i don't know if you're familiar with it but like the insanity mm-hmm. like dvds yeah. to work out and the yeah, beach body yeah. so i i was 10 and we were on this ski trip in, in mammoth and it was just me and him and this video comes up, yeah. and he's like, yeah, this is this is what you need to do <laughs> to start growing. Because I was 10, people were starting to grow on my right. team and stuff, and I was short. Yeah. Like, I was the shortest guy <laughs> on the team. And I was like, it, he told me, if you want to make a leap, you have to start putting in extra work. And yeah. that's how I got into it. And yeah. he wasn't, like, my trainer, per se. Right. But he was on the treadmill while I was oh, doing yeah. insanity or, or things like that. And he's always pushed me to, to reach that until I could do it by myself. That's awesome. Obviously, I have my trainers too and stuff, but yeah. that's why I was asking. Yeah, it's yeah, it's that sure. support that matters, and mm. I'm very family family oriented as well. So yeah. I, I love seeing that for me. Oh. Uh, mo- moving forward, you were pushed uh, at the beginning with basketball. Yeah. Um, you push yourself really at some mm. point. It's very obvious, but academically, yeah, you you're not you're not just an athlete. You know, you're right. definitely a full student athlete, a mm-hmm. four point five GPA coming out of high school and yeah. honor roll every year in high school yeah take me through that like what yeah. drives you academically definitely my mom so I think there's <laughs> it's the two people in my life um my dad's a sports guy and my mom's the academic girl and I mean over time my mom has actually started to understand basketball more and like be able to you know do both but I would definitely mark her as the reason why I am was so successful um when it comes to academics, I mean, she's very, and it was funny, we just had a Mother's Day video we made, um, and I was talking about, like, she's going to be that person that pushes you to your limits, but she's going to love you, like, right after, like, regardless of what you get on the test, she's going to say, if you did your best, it's okay, like, things like that, and I think that um, her just being 
the balance between her being that person and my dad being the basketball person was kind of perfect for me. Um, but yeah, she's definitely that person that has pushed me to, you know, make sure I stay on top of my academics. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome that you get that balance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of that, like in that way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing because I mean, to be successful as a student athlete, uh, many people like the standard, I guess, consider mm-hmm. it a three, five and above. Right. We're talking about a four five, like a whole yeah. grade point <laughs> average above, you know? So right. that's, that's incredible, and it's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout your, your high school experience, you were varsity right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've already had a very successful season here, but before we dive into that, yeah, did you ever struggle? Has there ever been an injury, something that's gotten in your way? Because right now it looks all perfect to me. Yeah, um, injury-wise, actually, no. So actually, recently I've had, I, I don't remember if I told you, but the shoulder surgery um, was very recent. That was the first time I've ever really gotten hurt or um, gotten surgery, the worst thing I've ever had was probably like a sprained ankle, but something you play on. So um, I can't say that I've been injured or hurt severely in high school, but I think there was a lot of ups and downs um, coming into Centennial, being a freshman, starting varsity, like just that whole, um, you know, that's a big role you have to, um, big shoes you have to fill as well. Um, But the girls were really supportive and it wasn't anything that I felt like with my sports system that I couldn't handle, but it was hard going from, Going to from that to being where I am now, I think it just shows how much I've grown. Because going from freshman year of high school to my senior year, like, if you ask anybody who watched me, like, during that time, like, they'd say, wow, like, it's crazy how much you've grown. I mean, physically, uh, mentally, all of those things. But um, I just remember, like, being on my freshman year, our team wasn't that great. Um, trying my best, you know, to do what I could to help. But it just, we just didn't have the pieces. We, we just didn't have enough. But... I think gradually over from freshman to sophomore to junior to senior, um, it just grew. Our team got better. Um, I got better. I just think that overall we kind of improved as a group. But individually, I've definitely seen the growth from then to now. So, You talked about growth right there. Mm-hmm. Do you have a specific growth lesson that you take away from high school that you still take to this day? Yeah, um, I think there's been a lot of little things. I think for me, um, like I said, I've never – been injured or been hurt and things like that um and it's I think it's been a lot of little battles that I've uh, fought and I mean nothing there's nothing that I feel like kind of stands out the most maybe my transition to my sophomore to junior year is when I kind of really saw like okay this is like really what I'm gonna do like I can really see myself doing this um but I mean since a kid I've always been like I want to I want to go to college I want to go pro but I think at that point some point in that gap between that summer I kind of felt like yeah like this is really what I want to do what I'm here to do like what I need to do so probably that just that year not a specific like thing but just the whole growth of that year yeah it just clicked for you yeah. I guess from going back to your freshman year of high school yeah um at Centennial you talked about being short like growing physically as mm-hmm. well and like in the game of basketball it's obviously like very different vo- bodies and sizes yeah but coming into high school was it difficult physically to mm-hmm. be competing like I'm assuming you were around 14 years old yeah. and there's girls that are 18 years right. old like that's a big difference yeah. at that specific age maybe mm-hmm. not as much as in college but definitely right. in high school so did, did you face any obstacles in that sense yeah I think um and I think my um, uncle G he did a great job with keeping me and my sister like physically you know getting better over the years but um yeah freshman year I was probably around the same height still but like scrawny little like really small and um I think it probably posed challenges but a lot of the girls their freshman year high school aren't super big anyway so it's like it's really not until 
you know, you start growing, um, going to your junior, uh, junior, senior, and then your freshman year of college, where girls kind of, you know, develop, but there's, I mean, there are girls <laughs> that are, you know, six foot and really fit already their freshman year of high school, so, but it was definitely something that I had to um, improve as I got older, but yeah, coming into it, I was <laughs> it was rough for me for sure. Yeah, I know that as a freshman, you're not going to be the tallest or the fittest, yeah. obviously. But since you are on varsity, yeah, that that's why I was asking yeah, if it was yeah, a challenge sure. in any way. In terms of your growth between sophomore year and junior year, mm-hmm. was it that you understood what it takes to get to the next level? Is that what clicked for you? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think everybody started saying sophomore slump. I think that I really had that <laughs> my sophomore year of high school. Like, um, it was a tough, just a tough sport year for me. Um. And just trying to figure out how I can make my team better, how I can make myself better. Um, and at some point, I think during that summer, it just, in playing AAU, it kind of clicked. And it was like, this is what the work you need to do. This is how you need to do it. This is when you need to do it. And that my uncle, Gerald, as I mentioned again, he actually has a father. His name is Gerald as well. So it's we call him Big G and Little G. But both of them were really on me about, like, diet and working out when it comes to, like, weights and cardio and things like that. So... I think then with them just on me about it, it kind of clicked and I was like, this is really what I need to do if I want to, you know, get to the next level. And in those terms of wanting to get to the next level, what did you change in terms of diet, lifts, cardio, yeah. et cetera? I'm not going to lie. The diet thing was the hardest one. I'm I'm a big sweet tooth person and um, ice cream is actually like my go-to. And I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, having your sweets, but um, me, I was just, and I say I was eating a lot, but I was definitely, you know, having what I wanted and, um, that was a big thing, just cutting back, I mean, drinking more water, just staying hydrated, things of that nature, not more so, you know, taking things away, but just adding things to kind of be more um, refueled, and I've had a lot of problems with, like, cramping and just things related to hydration, so things like that, but, um, yeah, they were on me a lot about it, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's definitely important. Um, I, I didn't learn that. It didn't click for me <laughs> until my freshman year in college, oh, right? Yeah. So I was doing extra work since I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. but I was still eating pretty free. And, and I right. was like, oh, like this is relatively healthy. But yeah. I say relatively because it's compared to the person sitting next to you. Yeah. And I wasn't really next to athletes that were right. at a specific level. So I definitely had to change that a lot until my freshman year here. So yeah. I'm glad you, you learned that pretty yeah, early Yeah, I will off. say coming, I think even coming to college, like I, it set me back a little bit too. I mean, people talk about, you know, freshman 15 and I didn't get that thank God, but, um, <laughs> like, going from just, I think I came here, like, 138, and I got to, like, 150, and it wasn't, it was still hard, the diet thing, I think is always hard, just because, you know, you want to eat what you want to eat sometimes, but um, I think Hank, our uh, strength trainer, he did a great job of, you know, keeping us, or keeping me um, on the right track to, you know, gain that muscle and gain that fat, essentially, um, to, you know, be successful. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely needed, and it's interesting uh, in the sport of basketball from what I've realized or, or what I've seen mm-hmm. um, with what you are mentioning. Like, it, it is fine to have a cheat meal every now and then, is it? Or, like, what you guys get post-meal, like, yeah. is different to what we'd be getting right. post-meal sort of thing. So <laughs> yeah. what is that diet like in a very mm-hmm. general format for women's yeah. basketball? I think, um, well, it's definitely specific to each person. Um, we meet with Janelle um, earlier in the year, and... Um, it's really they really focus a lot on hydration and vitamin D levels, things of that nature, because we are an indoor sport. Um, so like, actually, we just got vitamin D testing like last week, and everybody's vitamin D is terrible. So like, we have to you know take whatever it is that we need. But um, the hydration piece, I think at least for me, has been the biggest thing. Um, just staying hydrated, and generally, I don't, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think I eat really bad. But 
that hydration thing has really just been the biggest one for me, for sure. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, and in terms of your growth mm -hmm. overall, by the time it, it ends in high school, you go from what you mentioned being a not-so-good team to leading Centennial to a state championship. Mm -hmm. So was it uh, – take me through that, like what, yeah. what it meant for you – to go from not nothing, but definitely mm. not being a right. champion, to becoming yeah. that. And, I mean, I'm sure you were a leader. You were a top recruit in the nation. So mm -hmm. what was that like for you? Um, yeah, it was a struggle for sure. Um, going, I think coming in thinking, like, oh, you're a freshman starting varsity. Like, it's good. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be good. And it's like, okay, we start losing. We start losing. And it's just, like, it was hard for me to grasp, like, I guess why. Um, or really just, like, how do we change it? Um, and I think – like you said, progressively, just over the years, every year it got better, it got better, it got better. And, um, I mean, the harder we worked, the better it got. So I think with things like that, um, seeing, I mean, four years might be small to some or big to some, but um, I think seeing it kind of happen and just fall out the way it did was really good for me personally, just seeing that, like, it takes hard work. Like, you're not going to win championships without the hard work. So, I mean, if it took four years, it took four years, but I'm glad that it ended that way for sure. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And now, at what point did the pandemic hit for you? Was it your junior year of high school? Um, I can't even remember. I think it was, like, the end of my junior year going into my senior year. Or, I don't I, I mean, don't it, it hit in March. <laughs> it hit, yeah, it, it hit in the spring of 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a freshman in, co in college. Yeah, and your two year. I think it might have been my junior year, like junior. the end of my junior year, going into senior. End of junior into yeah, the yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, at what point did you get recruited by Cal? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was the end. So because my AAU can season got canceled because of COVID. Um, the end of my junior year, but I had got dang. It's really a blur. I, it was late though. Um, I didn't get recruited by Cal till like the maybe. Maybe been the end of my junior year towards the beginning of my senior year, um, if I remember correctly. But they were one of the last schools, but the first Pac-12. So um, it was special for me. It was at a time where I was actually feeling like, dang, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I don't, I want, I know I want to play um, at a high D1, and I just don't know with the offers that I already have. I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that, but. Um, Cal came, and um, I believe it was ASU, Washington, and Utah all around the kind of the same time. But Cal was the first to reach out. Um, Charmin was in. She called one time the first time, and we talked. And then literally within, like, maybe two, three days, she called back and offered me right then. And I felt like um, – and she hadn't play, seen me play in person, like, ever. So it's all been filmed. So I just felt like based off that, that they were giving me the chance that I needed um, or that the chance I felt like I deserved at that point um, – but, yeah, I'm glad that they, you know, gave me that chance and um, took a chance on me and it's, you know, worked out pretty well. So Yeah, I, I saw uh, through a Pac-12 interview that Charmin said that you're the first player she's ever recruited yeah. that she hasn't watched live in yeah. person, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is crazy, obviously, due to the pandemic. Right. But you mentioned few offerings, especially during that time early in your senior year. Mm -hmm. When is it that they can start offering you as a women's basketball player? Um, I believe it is your... They can offer whenever it's just the terms on how they can communicate with you. So sometimes, like, like there's girls in eighth grade getting offers, um, but they can't uh, – the coaches can call – can't call them, but they can call the coaches or, like, their parents can talk to the coaches. So it's a weird process, but you can essentially get offered whenever, if I'm not mistaken, But because it's girls pretty young getting offered. 
What, why do you think it took so long for a player of your caliber to get recruited by top Pac-12 mm-hmm. schools? Um, that's a good. I think that it's different for everybody. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like, or a lot of people will say like I was under recruited, and I believe that I was. Um, I felt like I could have been recruited by a lot more people, but I think that um, that you know God puts people in front of you for a reason, and I think that Cal was put in front of me um, when it was put in front of me for a reason. So I ha- I don't really you know question why or why not. Yeah, and you you got that offer. How long did it take for you to say yeah for sure? Um, I think it was about maybe about a month or two, maybe two months. Um, I was kind of I think I was hesitant about it. Um, because it came so fast, I was trying to you know make the commitment video and try to do all those things. So, um, I mean, it took me I think maybe about two three months maybe. But I kind of knew once we had Charmin talk to me those first two times we had a Zoom with like a lot of the staff and they had. Everybody on there, they put the band on there. Like, they just did a whole work, um, like, just the whole thing, uh, production, that not every school was doing for me. I just felt like they were the most, like, invested in me, and, like, I needed them, and they needed me. So I felt like it was mutual. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't know that they, they made it, like, that yeah. big of a deal for different sports. Obviously, like, yeah. not the same deal. <laughs> right. College soccer and college basketball is on yeah. very different uh, levels. But that that's awesome that, that you got that. Um, yeah. As previously mentioned, you had a 4.5 GPA, mm-hmm. and not to diss any other Pac-12 schools, they're all great, mm-hmm. but Cal is at a different level academically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did that play a role? Um, yeah, for sure. I think, like I said, my mom um, was big on that. I think that comparing it to the other schools, um, basketball-wise, I felt like um, it was somewhere where I could be, where I could, first I was wanted, and where I was needed as well. So I felt like that was a big thing for me when it came to basketball, but... Um, academics, yeah, so my mom was Team Cal from the get-go. Like, once they reached out, she was like, oh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's going to be the one for sure. But, um, I mean, the balance between basketball and academics was, I think, perfect for me. So. And in, in terms of the commitment video and things like that, obviously, mm-hmm. like I said, collegiate basketball is on a different level of the spectrum to the majority yep. of collegiate sports. Um, you make that video, I saw it, lots of likes, lots of views, et cetera. Mm-hmm. How big is your platform at that point um, on social media as a basketball player? Yeah, um, at the time of my commitment, I don't remember um, the amount of followers. I actually, I went to, um, prior to committing, if I'm remembering this timeline right, I went to Missouri to work out. um, Some people probably know her name's Jada Williams, and she's kind of like a basketball prodigy. Um, And she's only, I think she's 17 right now, and she's going to UCLA. Um, but I worked out with her and her trainer, and he posted a video, and it kind of just blew up. And since then, that's kind of where I got a lot of my following from. But um, after that commi- commitment video, it kind of was there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of noise about it. I feel like there was positive things and negative things. Like people were like, "Oh, like you're better than Cal," or and other people were like, "Oh, congrats." So like it was just a different vibe from everybody. But like I said, I felt like I'm at where I'm supposed to be. So yeah, I think that within Cal athletics, we all know how big of a team culture yeah. the women's basketball team has, how special it is, how great of a coach Charmin is. I have a lot of respect for, for mm-hmm. her, and I've only talked to her a few times. Yeah. But all the resp- she has all my respect. Yeah. Um, but the year prior to when you arrived, mm-hmm. the women's basketball team did only have one win that year. So yeah. how did you feel about that? You're at the number one public university. They're mm-hmm. treating you amazing athletically. Right. But at the same time, it's only one win. So how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I think there's a lot um, of emotions. I think hearing from outside people, too, like 
oh, you're going to a school with only one win. Like, maybe I'm not hearing it directly from them, but hearing about it, like, things like that. I think for me, it just made me more determined and wanted me, I wanted to get here as fast as I could. Like, coming here and being able to help however I could, regardless of, you know, what they needed me to do, um, I, I wanted to do it, you know, to help this team, you know, get more wins. And um, obviously we did that this year, and I think that this next season coming up is, like, I I hope that a lot of people tune into this next season because I'm really excited about it and about the um, pieces that we have and the new people that we're adding. But, um, yeah, I didn't feel any way about it. I felt like it just made me, you know, want to be here even more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And now it is time to, yeah. <laughs> to start talking about the, the good stuff here at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but before we even get into that, I just want to emphasize yeah. how big of a player you were in high school, right? Like Miss Basketball Player state of the year mm-hmm. uh I was just let me rephrase that yeah. i'll start over miss basketball state player of the year mm-hmm. uh max prep california player of the year 2020 press enterprise player of the year 2020 riverside player of the year senior year state champs and centennial single game scoring record with 43 points yeah at any point were was there an ego as you came into Cal, you packed 12 school, you're feeling good, they didn't mm. even have to watch you in person. Yeah. Was there any ego, or how were you coming into that summer? Yeah, um, no, I don't think at all. I think it was more humbling just thinking about and talking to people I know who have you know been through college or have been to college already, like through their freshman year. Um, I think it sucks, but, you know, you start over again. Like, you're back to being a freshman, you're back to being the youngest on the team. Um and I think based off my experience from my freshman year of high school, I just wanted to make sure, like, that wasn't the experience. Like, um, that my freshman and sophomore year of high school probably, like, the two hardest years of my high school career. Um, and I think just coming here willing to, you know, work hard during the summer and just get prepared for the season. So Yeah, I mean, in that same Pac-12 interview, Charmin did say that as soon as you started the summer workouts, she was like, yep, that yeah. is the person <laughs> I saw on film, yeah. uh, which is awesome. But you do talk about how it's connected to your high school years, it took me until my junior year right now to mm-hmm. realize how connected my high school and college experience are in terms of years, right? Yeah. The f- first year, I was, like, lost. The second year, I got the hang of it. The third year, I mm. started to go, and senior year, we'll see what happens, right? right? But <laughs> you realize that at a very early age. Mm-hmm. Were there any mistakes you changed into your college year com- in comparison to your freshman year experience in high school mm-hmm. or, or something that, that you knew that, you know what, I need to start doing from the yeah. get-go? Um, I think I think that high school is a lot easier than college when it comes to academics. Um, maybe not for everybody, but definitely for me coming from the school I was at to coming to Cal. Um, it was the rigor of Cal is just not explainable, but um, I think coming here I knew from the get-go that I would have to very um, or have to focus a lot on um, the academics, and I think that just time management, things of that nature, people telling me about that before I got here, when I got here, um, I just think that was something that I really needed to make sure that I was doing um, off the court, just, you know, focusing on the academics. I felt like the basketball will come. Like, I work hard all the time. Like, I just, I love basketball, so let me focus on these academics. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I met you in a class, actually, yeah. in your first semester, uh, UGBA 199, mm-hmm. which is fun. <laughs> and in the little section of the of the class outside of the lecture, um, sometimes you did mention, like, hey, I have things yeah. coming up, I need to do this, can we do it another time? And you seemed very on top of it, and I told you that yeah. right off the bat, like, you can change it whenever you want, because that is an amazing yeah. mentality to have. So what was your routine coming in as a student athlete at the 
number one public? Yeah, I mean, um, I start. I think I started off strong, um, and then it got a little shaky, and then I kind of got back on track. But um, just I had my board, and I filled it out every week. Um, and as time went on, I stopped filling it out. <laughs> and then as like season was going, it was like just too many moving parts to you know do things like that. But um, Google Calendar has really been my best friend since I got here. Um, Cause I mean the workouts are on there, the the times of class are on there, the assignments that I do are on there. So it's just things like that. And um, my uh, Chris 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 Arden, I don't know the title of um, her position, but she kind of we had check-ins every Friday. Um, last semester and every Monday this semester and um, she kind of kept me on top of it with whatever whether it was an excel sheet or whatever it was she kind of helped me um, stay on top of my work during those times of where I felt like it was a lot going on so I remember when I met your teammates uh, Kai and Sierra yeah they we were scheduling meetings and things like that and they were like well is it on your google calendar and I'm like wow I feel like such an idiot <laughs> but I feel like it is a trend on women's basketball you guys yeah, are extremely busy calendar. as well you're the first women's basketball player that has been on here. The other two that I have invited yeah. are extremely busy as yeah. well. So I'm already we're, <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're trying to schedule those in as well. But yeah. it was also, like, difficult scheduling with you. You guys are right. extremely busy. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good that you're using that, that calendar. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, you have other habits that stood out to me when we did a first meet. Mm -hmm. um, take me through your, your journaling experience or yeah. how you do set your goals on the board that you mentioned. Yeah, um, I have my journal. Um, I do two things in it. One, I during season, I try my best to stay on top of it. Like, whether we were going to practice or, I mean, even a game sometimes, but more so just practice. Um, writing down three goals, um, three things that I wanted to improve in that practice specifically, um, whether it would be being more efficient um, or have this many assists if we play live, like things like that. Um, but... Or, you know, just being a good teammate that day, like having the most energy in practice. So things like that, writing that down. And then just the normal journaling or I get maybe not normal, but like journaling, just talking about my day, um, writing in the morning when I get up, writing what today is going to look like. And then coming back at night and seeing if I even did any of those things and just writing about how my day went. So I think things like that keep you um, keep kind of the noise kind of keep you calm a little bit. Um, just writing down, you know, what went through your day and things like that. Yeah, that, that's that's very awesome, and it's very special that you realize that. Again, at this age, you're extremely mature. You seem to have a real sense of where you are, mm -hmm. great perspective sort of thing. It, you're, you're staying humble with this process. Who got you into that? Like, where did you learn this from? Yeah, um, at a really young age, my mom, um, we she had us journaling every day, um, more so along the lines of what did you do today, how did school go, things like that. Um, but more recently, in like two years ago, I met my best friend, and she was very big on like affirmations and really like writing for real, like not just your day to day things like that. So, I think in that sense, she helped me get into that. And at first, like when she was doing it, I was kind of like, oh, like what are you doing? <laughs> like what is that? Um, and she was like, I'm just writing, like really normal about it. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to try it. And so since then, I mean, probably for a year now, I've been doing that a lot more heavily. Um, but yeah, it started with my mom, and then my best friend kind of brought it back, and now back to doing it. So. Do you have a specific daily affirmation? Um, no, so they change all the time. I try to keep them short because one of time and two, um, things like you can remember, like, um, I mean, even as simple as, like, I am beautiful, like, things like that. Just writing that down maybe three times. You write it down three times in the morning, six times during the day, and then nine times at night. Or, I mean, you flip it around however you want, but, um, or three, three, three. But 
just short things like that, short little phrases that I can remember, even if, you know, something, situations happen where I'm feeling the opposite of it, you know, you just remind yourself of it, so. That's awesome, that's yeah. awesome. And for someone that would like to get into journaling or affirmations, do you have any piece of advice? Um, yeah, I think just with this starting small, um, even things like, um, I mean, I'm strong, I'm this, I'm that, just short words that you're going to remember um, is a good start just to starting that way. And also, I think just writing about your day also helps you write more. Like sometimes, I mean, it won't even be night day. It might be midday where I'm like, okay, I need to go write. Like just feeling a type of way and you just need to write it down. So that's also um, a form of, you know, therapy. I feel like just writing down how you're feeling at that point in time like if you can so yeah I completely relate to that um (laughs) I write a lot I mean these are just my notes right Right. here right but I have the notes app from Apple a notes app from Google and the Microsoft one as well (laughs) and it's all divided in separate ones as well as like my journals I have I mean this is just for the podcast but I have I don't know if you guys you probably can't see them but there's a few journals over there and and it's writing 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 it's like my way to express and keep memories and things like that as well as like the voice memo on the phone like it's it's helpful especially Mm. on the podcast as well I I have those clips um but I really can relate to that and it's important to express yourself yeah I think it really is in terms of your goals how do you set those um I'm not going to lie, they're kind of random. Um, I don't think they're very, like, um, like a build-up. I think every day they're just different. Um, and I think those are something I kind of have more fun with. Like I said, like, just being the loudest or being the most supportive teammate in practice. Like, little things like that, I just feel like on days when you're struggling to get through practice or, like, it's like, okay, I'm tired, I don't want to be here. Like, little things like that keep you, like, no, like, today I need to work hard, I need to do this, I need to do that. So, so in, in general terms, you don't really – have specific goals it's mostly like how you want to feel and behave yeah spur like I think they're more spur of the moment um I mean like overall goals like there was a big um at the beginning when I first got here talking to Charmin like we had a meeting and one my one like goal personal goal I wanted for myself was to get packed to a freshman of the year and I got it in a skewed kind of like a weird way but I mean I still got it but um like things like that that are overarching I definitely have those but I tend to enjoy, like, the spur of the moment, every day-to-day things more so because it just keeps you going. That's exactly why I was asking. So for everyone watching a bit of storytelling, um, when we did have that one class session of, like, setting your goals and we talked about the SMART goals and how it's specific, measurable, attainable, Mm -hmm. uh, relative and or relatable, and then time, Mm -hmm. like, Mm time-based. So we have those, right? And I'm talking to different freshmen. I remember when I was a freshman, and in the class, people are talking about their GPAs or getting playing time, a few minutes here and there, things like that. And when it comes to you, you go, no, I want to be Pac-12 freshman of the year. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) okay, all right. Um, so you do have that meeting. Mm-hmm. You go from being an under-recruited player mm-hmm. to coming in freshman year in the span of months. Yeah. Just saying like, hey, my goal is to be the Pac-12 freshman of the year. Yeah. How does that happen? Where does yeah. the transition play take place for you to have that shift in mentality? Yeah, um, I think coming to Cal, just the whole experience of getting recruited, like you said, under-recruited, um, getting a call from Charmin, committing to Cal, I just think that as it kind of went on, my confidence got a lot better, and I was like, I can do this. Like, that was kind of my mindset at that point. Um, I can kind of do whatever I want to do. Like, um, that was just kind of my mindset at that point. And I think that coming to college as a freshman and wanting to do something like that, you know, you have to put the work in. So I think that um, I wouldn't have said it if I knew I wasn't going to try hard enough with it. Um, 
but yeah, definitely something that kind of just happened, like you said, in the span of those months. That's that's incredible that that you had that shift and that you even had that mentality going into it with Charmin. Yeah. Um. Obviously, she's an amazing coach, as I already said. But mm-hmm. what was that meeting like and that sense of confidence? Like again, yeah. one win the previous season. Mm-hmm. She hadn't watched you. You impressed her right from the get go. You have that meeting. That that's a a big change. So what what is going in to plan behind that strategy of saying, hey, you can be Pac-12 yeah. freshman of the year. I mean, um, I, and it was, honestly, it was, it wasn't like, um, I think when I told you, I probably had my meeting with Charmin prior to that. Um, and I think that she kind of gave me a sense of like a little more confidence. I felt like when I was telling her, I was kind of like, oh, well, I want to be freshman of the year. Like it's something that it would be cool to do. But like after that, I was like, like, no, that's like, that's what I want. Like, that's what I'm going to go for. Um, and I don't know, it's just. It's hard to explain, like, because, like you said, the shift is kind of weird. Like, you would think that's a crazy shift. Like, you were under-recruited. You just, you so happened to get picked up by Cal. Like, why all of a sudden do you think you could be back to a freshman of the year? So it's, like, a big um, thing, like, to to say, I feel like. And at a point where my confidence, um, I haven't, I told you before, I think, um, that I've always been, like, humble. Like, I very I pride myself on that. So making a statement like that or having a goal like that um, is something that was obviously going to be really big for me personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 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 a little uh, bit of playing with it because mm-hmm. you do have those uh, goals that you set for yourself in terms of how you will behave, yeah. how you will act. But then you have that in the back of your mind, like, hey, I want to be Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're extremely humble. Yeah. And it, it's a weird balance, but... Yeah. School, like you said, started off very well for you. Then season starts, uh, I'm sure it gets right. shaky around that point. But mm-hmm. you already mentioned basketball will not be affected by academics. Yeah. And in, in your debut, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Yeah. Right off the bat, <laughs> you're, you're starting to make a name for yourself yeah. as a freshman. So with, with those, with that start, what was it like in, in the past semester, right? Because your season goes from around November to March. Yeah. So in that first half of the season, in the non-conference phase... Mm. You started building a name for yourself, and yeah. people were looking at your yeah. name, and they were looking your way, getting all that attention. So, mm-hmm. what was going through your mind? Were you surprised at all? Yeah, um, I get asked that question. I don't think um, I was surprised. I think that it was just you know a testament to all the work that I put in and like the goal that I set. Um, but I mean, at that point, I felt like I was more locked in than I've kind of ever been. Um, just trying to see, seeing what we were doing as a team. Um, and we kind of, right before we hit uh, conference play, we went through a whole COVID scare um, where, like, all of our whole team basically got COVID besides, like, one of our players. And um, that kind of set us back a little bit. Um, and coming off of that, we kind of had to find our way back to, you know, what we were doing in preseason. But um, I think ever since, you know, we, once we started the season, it was, like, you know, go time. So I think we were, I mean, as a team as well, we were all kind of locked in, so... It was interesting to me. I mentioned it with uh, Nevaeh D'Souza, whose episode actually came out today. Um, and I mentioned that the two teams that caught my eye in terms of struggling with COVID mm-hmm. was your team yeah. and the women's gym team. Yeah. And it was crazy because it, it was at a point where a lot of people figured, you know what, COVID's gone. It's yeah. the end of this. Yeah, and yeah. you guys were still dealing with it. So how was dealing with that as an obstacle and it wasn't only one time that you guys faced it was it no and it was because it was different there was like three of us had it then another three of us got it so it was like people were getting taken out three by three kind of um and actually I missed the first conference game um we went to Washington State and uh, I missed that game 
uh, who else missed it? Jaden Bush missed it, and I don't remember if Delaya missed it as well, but um, there was at least two of us weren't, well, no, Jaden was there. I don't remember, but I know I wasn't there because I was watching on the um, on the laptop. And I, I, all I could think about was, like, this is crazy. Like, I'm missing my first conference game. I can't help my team. Like, I'm sitting here watching them. It was it just sucked to be, you know, in that hotel room and watching them play um, and not being there to be able to help them. So um, it, it sucked, definitely, that little COVID um, problem we had um, during midseason. But um, I think that it made us stronger. We had to bounce back from it. And I think, like I said um, earlier, this year is going to be, you know, something special. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. that's gonna be awesome, uh, and hopefully, COVID will be way yep. gone by the time next season. <laughs> right. So, so it'll it'll be great for you guys. But um, in terms of that good start that you did have, mm. did you see it be affected at all by the COVID spell that you had? By the what you say, I'm sorry. COVID spell, like just when when you were out. With, oh with yeah, COVID. yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think that I mean it definitely played a part. Like I said, I think that coming in, um, when I came back. That first game we played Oregon, and I was like, this is wild. And it was our first, my first conference game, so, like, obviously the competition got better. We're playing one of the top teams in the conference, and I just got out of co- off of COVID. Like, I can't breathe. I'm running down this court. I can't breathe. I can't do anything. And it was just a struggle. Um, but, I mean, once I got back and got back into the flow of things, it, you know, it became fun again. So Yeah, for sure. How, what's the biggest difference, you say, in the leap to collegiate basketball? Yeah. Because, like you mentioned, it's one thing to play – non-conference and then in the Pac-12 but at mm-hmm. the same time there is a jump between high school and college mm-hmm. but you were dropping some great numbers off the get-go mm-hmm. what was the biggest challenge or biggest difference that you saw yeah um when it comes to basketball I think definitely the physicality and the speed um it's a lot faster um the game if I'm I'm trying to think high school I think it's four eight minute quarters and college is I think 10 minute um quarters so it's a little bit longer but it's just we're running like it's really um, fast break, fast break. Um, as fast as, well, a lot faster than high school, and the girls are just a lot stronger, um, a lot quicker, a lot stronger, a lot smarter. So it's like you really have to be a student of the game as well. Like really, you know, watch film and really get better mentally, um, just as much as you're getting better physically. So yeah, you are coming in freshman year again, Pac-12, lots of competition, mm. top level, but you're starting. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's like you're you're being relied upon your team yeah. at a very, very early age. Was there anyone that you were looking to as a mentor, someone you were learning from on the team, whether that's a teammate, a coach, or, or even someone outside of that? Yeah, um, I mean, I think the coaches and all the girls did a great job of, you know, helping me, whether it be little things like remembering the plays or bigger things like just, you know, keeping me, um, like, calm in times where I'm kind of, antsy and like nervous or whatever it may be but um unfortunately one of my teammates um charisma ortiz she got injured early in our season so she didn't play any games with us um but she was on the sideline coaching it up really for for all the um players that were in you know seeing things that i obviously couldn't see because i'm playing or the coaches even but um i mean after games telling me what i did well what i didn't do well during games telling me that just keeping me focused and keeping me um you know, my nerves calm. Because I think during that time, at the very beginning too, um, and going into conference, I was, you know, had those jitters and had those freshman mental lapses. So um, she did she did help me a lot um, as a player, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's very different. Like when you're saying that, when I think freshman year, well, uh, it's definitely, there are some jitters, but 
you forget that I, yeah. in collegiate basketball, there is an audience. There is someone watching yeah, you. There's a good amount sure. of people in the arena when you go to Oregon, when you go to Stanford. Like, these yeah. are big names across the nation. So, exactly. obviously, it is different. And I, I cannot relate to that part, <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, once you did get into the season, obviously, you were tremendous. Even in Pac-12 play, mm-hmm. I believe your highest points so far were against Stanford at Stanford, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you dropped 30 on them, and... It was a very, very, very close game, um, mm-hmm. especially in that rivalry. But we're talking about the number two team in the nation. Right. <laughs> so w- what was it like as a freshman to be able to make that impact right away? Yeah, um, I mean, it was super cool. I think, I mean, since I was younger, going to college, and once I realized, like, I think I want to, you know, play, play in the Pac-12, um, and seeing Stanford win the Natty the, um, last year. So it's like just seeing that and then actually playing against them is just super surreal like wow I'm actually like here playing against Stanford I was just watching them on TV like months ago so it's it's it was super cool experience um and just really fun I mean like you said we were competing with them as much as we could um and then being the number two I think they were number two at that point um in the country um it was just a really good experience I felt like for us and just showed us kind of what we're capable of so yeah, that's crazy. And you weren't just competing or like after watching them for a few months, mm-hmm. you were dropping 30 on them <laughs> at their place, which is insane. Uh, yeah. So congrats on that. Thank you. Um, in terms of the overall season, yeah. year one, you had a tremendous year. What was the the best memory that you have from the season? Ooh, um, there's so many. I mean, um, I think a lot of them come from, I think you get close to your teammates. Um we I've gotten close with pretty much every last one of them. There's obviously people, you know, you hang out with more, but um I think as a team we grew together and um I think I had actually did a speech at this um scholarship luncheon the other week and my whole thing was kinda about growth. Um like my fr- my freshman year was all about growth and I think that they helped me a lot with that. But the biggest memory just hanging out with them, I mean playing with them, off the court with them, just I mean, just being around them was kinda probably my best memory. Um because they kind of helped me get acclimated to, you know, college life, so. What about your one biggest takeaway? Biggest takeaway, wow. Um, dang, there's so many. I mean, like I said, the growth thing is, like, it's real. Um, I mean, freshmen talk about it all the time, but, I mean, li- going through it, like, actually seeing myself be this, you know, sophomore in four days, like, it's it's been, like, a really up and down, crazy um, type of ride. But I think the biggest takeaway um, – it's just the same mentality of working hard and staying humble. I mean, as long as I feel like as long as you do that, you're going to be successful um, regardless of what anybody has to say or what anybody, you know, does. I think if you put in the work and you, um, you know, have those goals, set those goals, you can achieve them. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you mentioned being a sophomore within four days, right? Yeah. And that that is very legit because you guys stay here and work out all summer, right? Yeah. So being a sophomore, yeah, it, it is actually coming up. Mm-hmm. Were you a leader as a freshman? What do you say on the team? Obviously, you were leading by example, right? Yeah. The ball was in your hands. But were you leading as, like, in what ways were you leading? This right. Is the question. Um, I think the main one, like you said, was leading by example. Um, I think as a freshman, I was really um, big on coming in here and being um, talking less and listening more. Um, there's a lot of girls on our team that are vets and are just naturally, obviously, older than me. I mean, the sophomores are older than me. So I feel like they've experienced things that I haven't, so they are they are going to have, you know, more knowledge on, you know, what we're doing, um, and I think just being able to soak in, um, being a sponge and soaking in all that information, whether it be from 
one of the older girls on the team or from one of the coaches. Like, I think that that was the most important thing for me um, coming in. And I think that I've grown enough to be this upcoming season, be more of a vocal leader um, and just continuing to learn and learn and learn and um, understand the game so I can be, you know, another vocal leader that we have. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it was a, a great campaign year one. Obviously, no postseason, but at the same time, individually, you were amazing. And maybe it'll correlate as well with yeah. your high school years, a, a <laughs> rough <hope>. start. <laughs> yeah, a, a rough start. But you guys, like you mentioned, you have some great transfers coming in. The yeah. team is looking pretty stacked. And hopefully next year, there, there will be more growth um, For sure. in, in terms of championship level competition. Yeah. Um, to finish off your Pac-12 Freshman year, yeah. um, you played in 23 games. 22 of them, you put up double digits in terms of points. Mm-hmm. You were the only freshman in the Pac-12 in the top 15, scoring and assist-wise. Pac-12 freshman of the year and all-conference team by the media. Pac-12 honorable mentioned and all-freshman by the coaches. Five-time freshman of the week. And this is the most impressive, in my opinion. <laughs> First freshman in the Pac-12 in all its history to lead in scoring with averaging 18.6 and second in the nation. How does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it puts a smile on my, fa- on my face. Um, like I said, I am very, and it sometimes to a fault, like super humble, like you said. And um, like hearing stuff about that makes me like, ugh, like I don't like hearing about myself. Um, but I think it just, think little things like that help me realize like, Sometimes when you're feeling like, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing or if this is, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, things like that kind of help you come back to reality and give you a self-check and be like, yeah, this is this is why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to continue on this high, yeah, my, my favorite basketball player in the Pac-12, again, I don't really watch basketball yeah. too much, but in recent years, Sabrina Ionescu was just amazing. Yeah. Do you have someone you admire or a hero that played in, in the Pac-12? Um, not necessarily. Um, I think just based off of the whole Curry thing, I do watch a lot of Steph Curry, um, just his workouts, um, things that he does. But, um, in the Pac-12, not necessarily. I think, um, Arike, she went to Notre Dame, uh, Arike Ogubawale, but she was just kind of how Sabrina is just a powerhouse, um, knew how to take over a game when it needed to be taken over. Um, and I kind of watched her, um, when I was back home before I came to college and was like, yeah, I want to be that, I have that type of mindset, have that type of uh, killer mentality, so. Yeah, um, to, to continue on this question, because there's yeah. a specific thing I want to say, and I'm, I'll see if I can work this puzzle. What do you say Sabrina is the best Pac-12 player there's ever been? Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot of Pac-12 players. Like, I don't, before coming to Cal or before getting recruited by Cal or realizing that I wanted to be in the Pac-12, I kind of was blind to who was in there. But um, I definitely saw her um, a lot, and I think that she is will definitely go down as one of the best for sure. The point I want to get across is that she is amazing. She's going down with being one of the best for sure. Again, I don't watch too much, but yeah. I know she's going to be one of the best. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is... She didn't even lead the Pac-12 in scoring her <laughs> freshman year, which is yeah. insane to think of. And I don't want to boost your ego or anything. No, I know you're very, I, I know yeah. you're very humble, anyways. But it, it's just crazy. Like, yeah. do you realize that level of greatness that you're at, or, or not? Yeah, really? I think it's. I think it's crazy. Like you said, it's hard to realize it. Um, I think it's more so, more so surreal. Like, like I said, it just puts a smile. It makes me laugh. Really, like it's just something that it's like. 
Um, especially when it's like people haven't, I mean, you were un, like the same thing went back to you were under recruited, this, 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 but you're, you're able to do this. So it just kind of, um, just the pieces are falling where they should, I feel like. So, yeah. And, and there's definitely a lot of underdog mentality from, yeah. coming from you. You were under recruited and again, I boosted your ego a little bit. So <laughs> let me play with the other side. Yeah. Coaches honorable mention. Yeah. And you were not among the top 15 players named to that team, mm-hmm. being the Pac-12 leading scorer and mm-hmm. the freshman of the year. Yeah. And there were articles that came out asking what's going on here. Right. It, where does that, how, how does that make you feel? Yeah, Um. I think initially I was not hurt, but um. I felt like it's just, you know, it's high school all over again, like starting, <laughs> like you do all this work and you don't get, you know, the recognition you deserve, but then... I mean, having my support system, whether it be my teammates, my family, um, just that split second of feeling like doubt, you just go right back to like, what's for you is for you. Um, and I think, you know, that's what next seasons are all about. So sophomore year should be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that'll definitely be exciting. Um, going back to your platform and what the media is and things like that, mm-hmm. your name was in the media a lot for very obvious reasons. But for starters, um, people were questioning if you could maintain your your yep. hot start to the season. And then at the end, the media voted you best, but the coaches didn't. Yep. So to what extent do you listen to the outside noise? Do you lis- listen and, and use it like to motivate you and keep you going and keep you smiling? Mm-hmm. Or do you block it out completely, whether it's good or bad? Yeah, um, I think I do my best to, you know, not pay attention to it. Um, I mean, but it's there. It's going to be in your face. Um, the media, we all, you know, we all have social media. So, I mean... I saw it before, you know, my coach told me, so I was kind of like, I already knew about it. So things like that, you're going to see it. Um, it's just I feel like to the extent at which you let it phase you, um, I think it's okay to be upset about it, and it's okay to have that day to be like, dang, like I felt like I deserved it or I felt like whatever you feel, I feel like with anything, you're you're allowed to feel how you feel, um, but you got to, you know, feel it and then move on. So I think once I found out about it, I felt how I felt next day, you know, moving on, just, you know, trying to get better and work to, you know, change their minds in a way, I guess, to prove them wrong, if you, if you want to say that. <laughs> that. That's what's coming up, and that's scary, because if you already, yeah. if you already proved a lot your freshman year, yeah. proving them wrong next year is going to, like, <laughs> it's going to be a movie, so, yeah. so that's awesome. Um, in terms of who you are, like, as a competitor, mm-hmm. I, I saw that Charmin told you not to be too hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how hard are you on yourself? Do you take a moment to step back and say, like, wow, this is all amazing. Let me mm-hmm. let it sink in. Or are you go, go, go the entire time? And even if there is greatness, are you pushing for more? Right. What type of person are you? Yeah, Um. I think I'm always striving for more. I feel like I'm probably my biggest critic. I'm not saying, you know, you're your biggest critic. But um, I think, like I said, just going back to my support system, having, you know, my mom and my dad and um, my teammates just be there to tell me, like, days where I'm sitting there upset and crying, and like, why this, why that, whatever, and they're sitting there just like, you read those off to me, like, Jada, you did all this, like, you don't have to be upset, like, there's no reason to be upset. So I think that I'm that type of person that's like, go, go, go all the time, um, but definitely having those people around me to help me take the step back and realize that what I'm doing is good, like, you don't have to stress out about it, um, is good to have for sure. Yeah, a big person is hard on themselves and tolerate with others, you know, yeah. and that's, <laughs> For that's sure. very important. Um, and, and there is a time, I guess, where perspective is everything and you have to let everything yeah. sink in. So hopefully you can do that throughout the summer just to say like, hey, this was a tremendous year. Right. You should celebrate it and enjoy it, yeah. in my opinion. 
but it's it's also that time to hey let, let's see what they get let's <laughs> right. lock in let's prove people wrong yeah um and just do it for yourself really yeah, um, for sure from from what i could give off as advice but that, that's awesome i can't wait to to see it um mm-hmm. i mentioned a lot at the beginning of my podcast in general not this episode but mm-hmm. i used to talk with people that i mean cameron rogers right now she's number one in the world in terms of throwing and fifth year here yeah. and we talked about the done next mentality like all right i accomplished this no celebrating right off to the next thing and and that's important you need to continue pursuing excellence yeah constantly as a competitor but at the same time you need to put things in, into perspective and just sure. enjoy yeah <laughs> acknowledge how special this is definitely and then go for more appreciate you know? it yeah and, and then let, let's see what else can can we talk about, I have a good amount of questions just mm-hmm. on who you are outside of an, an athlete. Yeah. Um, let's see. We already talked about this, but the, the next thing I, I say is um, a day in the life of yeah. Jada Curry here <laughs> at Cal in yeah. 60 seconds or less. Yeah. What, what's it like? Um, I mean, with classes when they were in person, um, probably wake up, have 8 a.m., <laughs> go to the 8 a.m., get some breakfast after, um, go straight to the gym and, you know, start with the basketball stuff, whether it be lift, um, rehab, recovery, lift on the court, whatever it is, you know, get that out the way, go back to the apartment, do some homework, try to get in bed, um, early, um, and yeah, go from there, you somewhere, you know, get some food in (laughs) somewhere during there, but, um, another thing I didn't mention, but like, um, music, I'm a big, you can ask anybody on my team if they were to say one thing about me is I'm always going to have my headphones in. Um, I'm just, I feel like that's something that keeps me, you know, calm and just locked into what I'm doing for the day. But I'm a big, during that whole thing, I probably have at least one AirPod in, so. <laughs> you, you came in here and you already had, had your AirPods in. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. Always, always. Yeah. Um, in terms of basketball, this is a, a big thing, at least on the men's side. Mm-hmm. But one and done is, is always there when people are that yeah. good at the sport. I'm not sure if that's a thing on women's basketball, but what do you ever ever even think about that? Yeah, um, it's not. So we have to do at least, I believe it's, um, you have to be 21 um, in order to go to the WNBA. But um, I don't know if I would, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the chance to do it. So I feel like maybe if I had the one and done, maybe. But I think my goal right now is to be three and done, though. So in my junior year when I do turn 21, um, possibly, you know, declaring for the draft. Um but yeah, that's the goal right now. So how important is it for you to graduate from Cal? Very important. I think that um, if yeah, I'd have to graduate from here. Um, especially if not for me, but for my mom. Um, she's like when I say she was very much pro Cal. Like as soon as they called, um, I think that would just be something that would make her proud and me proud as well. But um, yeah, if not for me, definitely for her. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is something that I had in mind, like, yeah, your mom is that, that yeah. so <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of, on a more personal mm-hmm. note, uh, what motivates you, what keeps you going? Um, mm-hmm. You've mentioned God a few times right now. Yeah. How's your, your faith like, like, take me through that side of your competitiveness mm-hmm. or just your, your human being self? Yeah, um, I actually, it's funny, I have a shirt um, that we're going to come out with soon. It says, um, God Family Hoop on it. Um, that's literally my three things and um i think family and then parentheses friends as well because you know you can't exclude them because um but yeah i think just going having that um type of living by that um god first family friends next and then hoop third um things just you know 
they work out. Um, I've done it that way for as long as I can remember, and they've wor it's worked out pretty well for me. So, um, yeah, it's just something that's really important to me. Um, I've been I've been going to church since I was really little. Um, um, but and it's hard to do it out here when you know you have workouts on Sundays and things like that. But when we find the time, um, I've been to church with like some of my teammates. Um, so things like that, or even just watching it um, online. But yeah, definitely important to me. Yeah, and, and you've talked about how humble you, you truly are and your your bio right away on on instagram is god opposes the proud but he shows favor to the to the humble yeah um so it, what is your relationship with your faith i know it's very specific to mm. everyone but you you show it off right from the bat like if people go and search you up that's the first thing yeah. they're going to see about you and you you have it very proud and it's something that you clearly identify mm. with but is it a relationship of something that motivates you, something that keeps you going, something that makes you believe in yourself, like, mm -hmm. how is it for you? Yeah, um, I think that is definitely included. I just think that it's the way that I was raised, um, and it's kind of just stuck with me. I mean, obviously, there's people that are raised that way, and then it doesn't. Um, they form their own opinions, and I think I've formed my own, and I just agree with that, um, that really um, everything's better when you have, you know, God in your life, and I just think that um, my mom and my dad for putting me um, in church that young and keeping me, you know, doing devotion every morning together, like things like that um, have made me who I am today and, um, you know, why I have that in my bio, why I, you know, stand so tall behind that. That's awesome. That's awesome that, that you take so much pride into that. And like yeah. I said, very specific to everyone, but I love yeah. hearing that from you. So thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of who you are as a student athlete, mm -hmm academic side what's your major looking like what do you plan on graduating after you get drafted in those three years like what, what's yeah. your goal what what drives you right now yeah so actually I came in I came in trying to do um, business administration and recently have found that I don't want to do that anymore um but I've been actually today it's funny me and one of my teammates she was helping me you know look at majors and things like that because I honestly don't know what I want to do um but we Looked and I take media studies classes right now. Um, so like marketing, branding, th those type of things. But um, so within media studies, and then we actually saw political economy today, and just reading it, um, it kind of interested interested me. So I'm gonna look more into that. But as of right now, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Even um, in disciplinary studies, we've been looking into that too. So something probably not heard of but <laughs> definitely something that I enjoy for sure. All good. If you ever need any help with that, you know you can. Appreciate Let me know. It. I got you. Um, and as an athlete, you have that tremendous of a season. Mm -hmm. What do you think you have left to learn yeah. in the seasons ahead to reach your goal of getting drafted mm -hmm. one day? Uh, a lot, for sure. I think that, like I said earlier, I'm definitely my biggest critic. Um, we actually um, had these our meetings with Charmin, like the end of the year meetings, and she printed out or had our... Um, I don't know her job title either, but she printed out, like, our stats for the whole year, like, whether it was non-conference, conference, and it kind of just laid out everything, um, and, you know, numbers don't lie, so looking at the numbers, I was like, oh, yeah, we got a lot, of, we have a lot of work to do, um, for sure, but nothing that I feel like, um, you know, isn't possible, I just feel like, you know, you just got to put the work in, so I'm definitely excited for this off season. That's awesome, that's mm -hmm. awesome, um, and, well, now moving into three more topics before we, we're done, mm -hmm. but... This was a, a very special thing. You met the man himself. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry, what was that experience like? Yeah, um, crazy. I mean, it's it's kind of um, 
you can't describe it. Um, if you haven't, I don't know if everybody's seen the video, but you can see in the video very clearly. Like when I saw him walk out, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's stuff. Like it's still that, um, you still get those, that fangirl type of attitude when you're around people that you look up to. Um, but it was definitely a great experience um, getting to talk to him and just, it was very um, organic. I could say that it was like a natural conversation. It wasn't, you know, all about basketball. He was asking about school and things like that. And he just made me feel like he knew me a little bit, which was, maybe he doesn't, but <laughs> I felt that way at least. And um, yeah, it was just a super cool experience for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I saw the videos. I saw that it was that you guys played against USF at Chase Center. Yeah. And then in the post-game interview, you just brought that up like, oh yeah, it'd be nice to meet him. And yeah. someone within the organization of the Warriors made it happen. Yeah. Uh, take me through that story. When were you told like, hey, you're going to yeah. meet Steph? And, and what was your reaction <laughs> like? Yeah, I mean, I was super grateful. Um, It was... It was during season for sure, obviously, um, a couple, maybe a month or so, maybe two months after we played at the Chase Center, but Charmin came up to me one day before practice and was like, oh, I have like I have a surprise for you. I'm like, you want the good news first or the bad news? I was like, okay, the bad news. And I don't remember what the bad news was because the good news was too good, but um, she told me and I was kind of, I was more so in shock. I was like, like, are you serious? Like, for real? So, um, but yeah, it was. I was super grateful for the experience and super excited. So yeah. What did she say? What was the the news? She was like, so um, we're gonna go to the Warriors game on Thursday, whatever day it was on. I was like, oh, okay, like cool. Like I haven't been to a Warriors game at um, Chase Center, so I was like, oh, that'll be fun. Like cool. She was like, yeah, and you get to meet Steph. I was like, huh? <laughs> like like Steph Curry for real. She was like, yeah, we're gonna go to the game, and then afterwards you get to. I was like, bro, this is crazy. Like, are you serious? And she was dead serious. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. When when you did talk to him, what was the conversation like? Did you ask him any questions? Got any pointers or? or yeah, what was I was like? definitely fangirling, and I couldn't think of anything to ask him. And I will be honest, he carried the conversation a little bit. Um, but we talked about just school and just basketball in general. He said he's seen. Like, see, saw the game, not saw the game, but saw, like, the stats from the Chase Center or whatever. Um, and then we took some pictures. And then, fortunately, um, or hopefully, you know, after they're done with the playoffs, um, we'll be able to, you know, get a workout in or something like that. But, yeah, it was very, um, like, a see you later type of talk. So, it definitely wasn't a one-time thing for sure. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That would be so <laughs> sick to get a workout in with him. Cool. I, I know he comes to Cal every now yeah. and then for for work but that's that'd be that'd be yeah, insane it'd be awesome for sure yeah um and i know you get this question probably a lot but number 30 yeah. last name curry <laughs> mm -hmm. how often are you asked if you're related to seth curry all the time and i think people realize even though some people realize i'm not related they're gonna ask me like oh are you related to Steph?" like just for fun and i'm just like sometimes i'm in a mood where i'm like yeah that's my cousin <laughs> but other times like no that's not i'm not related but um i mean i've had that number since i was super little and just always looked up to him so just ran with it really <laughs> is he the reason you wear number 30 yeah he was definitely the reason i wore it and i actually my junior year of high school i changed my number to number three because i was like all right i'm tired of this like i don't want to be curry 30 anywhere everybody thinks i'm Steph. Blah, blah, blah. and i was like this is slow i'm going to the bay like why would i do that yeah. <laughs> and also somebody had number three so i was like i have to go back but yeah. i was like it's it's a fun thing to have i mean you have to live up to it a little bit you can't not be i mean it's hard to live to Steph, but you know i try my best <laughs> yeah no you gotta have some fun with it uh, i remember that when i was asked what number i wanted to wear I was driving to a workout um, mm. back home and I got the options for the numbers and the number that I usually wore was taken mm -hmm. away like somebody already yeah. had it and number 13 is there mm -hmm. and 
while I was driving, I had the U.S. Women's National Team game on against Thailand, and it was in the World Cup. Mm. Game ended up, I think the result was 9-0 or, or more. Yeah. I can't remember what the number was. Yeah. But in that game, Alex Morgan scored five goals wow. at the World Cup, which is insane. Yeah. And she went to Cal. Mm. And she is number 13. 13 and dope. I saw that and I'm like, yep, definitely I am taking number 13. So, that's super cool. Yeah, that, that's the, the little story behind that. That's dope. Alex Morgan and Steph Curry, you can come on the podcast whenever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, anyways, that, that's, that's awesome that, that you have that. And in terms of like your relationship that, that you did build with Steph and how it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you're in the Bay, so it, it's going to work out probably, but in terms of meeting up later, chatting later, yeah. working out with him, how would that contact even take place? How would that happen? Yeah. Um, Charmin, Charmin has been in contact with the man himself. So hopefully she can set something up once I'm back to um, working out. But yeah, that's awesome. I, I saw that in an interview. Um, he was asked who he'd be rooting for in terms of you guys at Stanford. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know he's close to Cameron Brink, yeah. um, but that, that's that's funny that that happened. Yeah. And I mean, the next time you did a play, you dropped thirty. So right. I think that's that's a bit of a statement, but right. but that's awesome. Uh, in terms of Charmin and, and who she is to yeah. you, I mean, a mentor, a coach. But in those little moments like that, like mm-hmm. who is Charmin to you after year one? Yeah, I mean, um, just somebody you can go to about anything I mean I think I've made um, or have a relationship with her at this point where I can talk to her and I mean all the coaches about you know off the court on the court whatever it may be and just expressing whether it be concerns or anything to them um, and just you know hoping that they will be or knowing that they will be understanding about um, whatever it is that you tell them Um, so yeah I mean my my relationship with her and all the coaches and the staff has definitely grown over this year but um, yeah definitely good people for sure yeah, that's that's awesome that that you do have that, um, and and last few things just mm-hmm. to start closing off again. I am very interested in this topic. Um, you just mentioned that business is is out the window, yeah. which completely fine. But you do have some experience with business. You already mentioned right now that yeah. your shirt is coming out. Um, on your team, it it's pretty funny, but it's with the freshmen as the new era of college athletics is coming yeah. in with NIL the new era of women's basketball players at Cal are the ones driving it between you and Mia. Yeah. Um, so take me through what, what this is in the process of starting your own brand, what it's like having a business. Mm-hmm. Is it you or are you just a face? Like, w- yeah. what's what's that like? Um. So, yeah, so I work with this company called Court Smith. Um, the guy who runs it or the owner of it, his name is Courtney Smith. So um, he's actually my family, okay, hold on, family friend's friend so like my uncle's friend my uncle um, uncle Ben but um he's obviously he's out here in the bay and my dad and my uncle were talking to him because my younger cousin who was going to LMU as well he just committed there um he's going to be working with Court Smith as well when he gets to college so um excuse me he was basically like we need to get Jada on this so I had no like clue this was going on it was kind of behind the scenes and then my dad he brought him to a game and they just kind of started talking, and then from there, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, like, I'll, let's go for it type of thing, um, but it's been fun. I mean, they've kind of, they've designed it, and then me and my parents, we've put our, you know, our input on it, but it's definitely collaborative, and um, it's been fun to see kind of, like, the whole vision come to life, um, and I'm not a big person, like, I can't say I'm not a big person, but it's just new for me, um, the whole, like, branding and the um, just clothing lines, like, merch, things like that, and that's kind of why I want to learn more about it but um like through media studies or whatever it may be but um yeah it's been it's been fun I mean 
Mia, I mean, she is definitely our NIL um, person on the team. I mean, I go to her about questions. Even people who have reached out to her have reached out to me. I'm like, okay, Mia, should I do this? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, do it or don't do it. But, yeah, so, I mean, I go to her with any questions that I have, and she can usually answer them. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Mia is the NIL person on your team. She's a NIL person at Cal. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> for, she, sure. She <laughs> for is, sure, for sure. She's the boss in, in that term. Um and I'd love to talk about that with her someday. So yeah. she's one of the players I mentioned that busy schedule. Yeah. She's traveling and doing this and that. So right. hopefully we can get her on someday. Mm. But in, in those terms of the NIL deals, I mean, you had, I think it was you that you had Quizlet. Did you have Quizlet on? Um, me no? had Quizlet. I had this other one. It's called Wise Prep. It's like a study app as well. And then um, the Wingstop thing. <laughs> so, yeah. What is that experience like? Like, uh, yeah. how does that work for you? Um, in terms of promoting it, doing mm-hmm. those little ads and stuff, and then obviously getting the benefits of yeah. it as well. So, I mean, there was, so it was pay to post, basically. We only had to do two. It was like a group of us. So it was two posts. One was a video, one was a picture. And then we got paid for that. And then we also got like a, a $1,000 worth of um, like Wingstop gift cards in a way. So I've been eating wings for a while. <laughs> Let's just say I've been having... Um, yeah, Wingstop for dinner a couple of times. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah um, is that like the, the norm pretty much for someone with your platform, like the thousand dollar sort of thing? Um, I have no idea. I mean, I kind of, I had to talk to my other friend. She goes to Texas, um, Rory Harmon, one of the top freshmen, um, in our class. She's, yeah, she's dope. But, um, she signed to it first. So I called her and I was like, like, are you doing it? She was like, oh yeah, like it's legit. I was like, okay. So I just, I kind of did it, um, based off that. Well, based off her saying that, and then my sister and my dad actually helped me a lot with the NIL stuff because my sister's a very, kind of like me. She's a big influence on Instagram. She's done, like, hosting things, things like that, Um, just dealt with brands and, you know, NIL deals. So she helps me a lot with that, and they kind of read over and was like, yeah, let's do it. So it's pretty much based off of experience with your sister, with your friends, with oh, Mia, yeah. or, or is there, like... Like, I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. someone comes at you with an offer, you get excited, it's your first offer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the same time, is there someone telling you, like, hey, your platform's bigger than this, you should demand oh, yeah. more in terms of price and things yeah, like that? Yeah, my sister, for sure. I've gotten a couple where um they were, like, offering a certain amount of money, and she was like, yeah, that's not enough. Like, ask them for this, and if they can't, then you don't need to do that. So she's definitely that person that's, like, your platform's bigger than what they're trying to offer you. Um, But, yeah, she yeah she's the one. That's awesome. Have you considered doing anything to grow your platform obviously like you you mentioned your sister she's doing the hosting and things mm. like that with mia it's the tiktok it's the reels this mm. and that have you considered doing anything in terms of content for for your platform to grow yeah more? um i think recent most recently with this um cordsmith deal um and this merch and all of that um kind of just trying to make that as fun as possible i mean um including family friends however but um i'm a big i like me, I'll TikTok with Mia, Fatu, whoever it is. Like, I'll TikTok a lot. Like, I like to dance, things like that. But I'm not a very, like, I'll post them, but not with the, like, intent of being, like, I need to post today, I need to post today. So I do, I feel like for me, social media is, has always been, like, something where I just have fun. Um, but recently with this NIL, you know, you have to kind of set out days to post, like, things like that. So, like, I have the Google Calendar, <laughs> post today, post today, post today. So um, just things lined up. Um, it ends up happening when you have this NIL stuff, but... I try my best to keep it, you know, keep it me and keep it fun. So. Yeah, and in in terms of those numbers that that you do get, are you ever looking at the insights or analytics or ever like 
scrolling to see how many likes you get and all this attention do you ever fall into that trap or no no i think more so in the sense like you said insights um like the brands they're gonna ask for your insights so i think in the sense you know click inside screenshot it send it to them um i'm not a i'll if i were to get two likes on a tiktok like i'm gonna post it regardless but um just for fun i'm not too big on the insights i think when it comes to nil recently i've been more so like okay y'all need to pay attention to this so i can get paid type of thing but besides that when it comes to like um personal stuff family stuff friend stuff i'm just there for for vibes really <laughs> yeah and, and what what is your your relationship with social media obviously there is a nil side mm -hmm. but everything outside of that do you plan to use your platform for a specific thing is it just showing your, your life and having fun and family mm -hmm. or, or what is your relationship with that yeah um i think recently with the nil stuff for sure um like you said in my bio um god opposed the proper just showing you know my religion, my family, my friends, just my life, I feel like, um, to a certain extent, you know, I don't think that everything needs to be shared on social media, but um, just being as organic and being as me as possible um, to, you know, I think things like that, too, will bring more NIL deals, will bring more, you know, following and things of that nature because, you know, you're just being yourself, so. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome that you have that yeah. relationship. It's the first time I've actually asked that question, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have similar things like in terms of relationships like everybody has their own thing i was talking yeah. about it with a friend but before this um like i personally just don't like sharing personal things on social media yeah. i used to not anymore right. right now if you look at my instagram it's clips from this podcast yeah. and that's pretty much it um i rarely post or i never post anything personal it's just my personal is my teammates right. thing, things like that I'm by no means close to the size of your platform, <laughs> but I did have like my first few videos start to blow up on, on TikTok recently. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I was like questioning myself because I, I study all these great people like yeah. and what they're doing on social media. But when I started getting all these likes, all these comments, all these views, I was like addicted yeah. to it and just scrolling. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, like that's insane. But it's also like it makes me kind of anxious, like right. the amount. So. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, um, I think, like I talked about earlier, going to Missouri and um, working out with Jada and um, her trainer, Marcus, um, after that trip, that's kind of when I my Instagram kind of took off a little bit, and I was like this, like looking at it like, well, this is crazy. And I had to definitely, um, I mean, my mom's not a big social media person. Like, she'll put restrictions on her phone. Like, she <laughs> wants you to stay locked in. So, like, um, putting like whether it be her being like Jada get off your phone like things like that I was like okay yeah I'm doing too much like I need to get off of here I'm doing a lot looking at all these likes and comments like it's cool for a while but at some point like we said family oriented friend oriented like it's not your friends your family specifically so I just kind of think about it in that way I guess that's awesome that, that's awesome that, that you have that take and that you're again so humble and with someone's perspective at your age with your platform everything going on there that's that's awesome. Uh, last official questions mm -hmm. to close off. Biggest fear as a leader? Biggest fear? Oh, wow. Um, I think one thing as a leader um, that you have to learn how to do is talking to people, um, like, specific to the person. So I feel like you can't, when it comes to just, say, teammates, like, I can't talk to one teammate. I can talk to this way. Like, maybe I need to, I can really, like, get on her and yell at her, but I have to talk a different way to her. So I feel like maybe my biggest fear is saying something like wrong like yelling at the person I can't yell at like and just ruining maybe not ruining but putting a hinder on that relationship um you know when you're just trying to help so I think um being mindful of how you're talking or what you're saying too um is really important and just 
you know, locking in on that before you say anything to anybody. Yeah, for sure. That, that's awesome. Uh, what's your take on failure? Uh, I think it's good. I mean, everybody's going to fail. I think I failed um, a lot um, in my previous years before coming to college and even in this first year, um, whether you're failing an exam or failing at, you know, not getting the championship ring. So I think um, it's good. Uh, I don't think anything is, even though it is a quote-unquote failure, I don't think it's a failure um, in the sense I think that word is kind of misused sometimes. And I think that everything that you don't, that you're not successful at is not, you know, something that's a setback. It's just something that's, or even it could be a setback, but it's just something that's going to teach you for the next time. So a lesson being learned rather than a failure for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it goes whether it's your shoulder surgery yeah. or the results that you guys had this season or whatever it is, I think it only makes us better and it only provides perspective and mm -hmm. makes us grow overall. You know, the impediment yeah. to action advances action and whatever stands in the way becomes the way. Right. And I think it's, it's those failures that push us forward, mm -hmm. which quick parenthesis, but I didn't ask you about the shoulder surgery. Are you good now or how was yeah, that experience so like? Yeah, so I'm about, this week will be the ninth week out, I think, post-surgery. Um, so I'm kind of in the in-between process of trying to get back on the court. Um, but definitely I haven't used my left arm in a minute, can't really dribble with it or anything, can't shoot yet. So a lot of right-hand dribbling, a lot of right-hand shots, just um, everything right-handed. But um, I've gotten into, you know, using smaller weights now, so we're adding a little bit of weight. But, yeah, it's going – the process is going pretty well. Are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. – It's not too bad. I, I kind of think about it every day. Like, would I rather have it be my right hand so I can work on my left because I'm not left-handed? But it's like – it would be rough if it was my right arm. Like, trying at the beginning in that sling, trying to do things, yeah, it would have been rough. <laughs> Why was it that you got the surgery? Was it a specific moment in the season or just worn down overall? Um, so I actually, I tore my labrum at the beginning of season, um, in practice. Um, well, we don't know if it was in practice or a game, but in practice I ran into, like I had a, a really small collision. It's kind of crazy that it even happened, but, um, so I heard it and then we were recovering back from it. It was just really sore, um, and just trying to work through it. And then a couple games went by, then the Fresno State game, I heard it again. And yeah, so basically it wasn't dislocating, it was subluxing. So it was like going in and out or out and in. Um, but we didn't know until after that Fresno game, I got the MRI and they told me I tore it. So they were like, if it gets really bad, we can stop and you can take, do surgery or you can, you know, finish the season. So I finished the season, obviously, and then just got surgery afterwards. What came into the decision of finishing the season while um, being injured? Yeah, I think, I think that goal of being freshman of the year, I was like, I can't not play. Like, I think that right there was solely just one thing. And then. Also, I felt like we were in a point of the season where we were, um, you know, on the up and we were doing well. And I was like, I mean, it, it did. It was painful, obviously, but it wasn't anything where I was like, I don't I want to stop playing. Like, I want to be here. I want to play with these girls. I, you know, I just I just want to play college basketball. So, yeah, that, that's amazing. And I, I hope you do better and get back to being fully fit very yeah. soon. But for now, you've improved your right, I'm yeah. sure, a lot. <laughs> and again, the obstacle becomes the way. So right. I'm sure the, that right's going to. If it was good already, right. it's going to be insane next season. <laughs> right. So so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, very last question. What is your definition of success? Um, that's a good one. I think, I think everybody's success is different. I mean, for some people, making a lot of money is success. I think um, if I had to say, like, off the top of my head right now, being, like, making not only myself but my family proud um, – I think that's success in itself. Um, I was actually talking to my teammate about this the other day that 
happiness, I don't remember how she phrased it, but like happiness is a, um, like a temporary feeling, but joy is like an emotion like that you're going to feel, you know, forever or whatever. So I think being joyful, um, is success. I think that, you know, making money is success too, but at the end of the day, if you're not happy or you're not joyful with whatever that you're doing, um, nothing's going to be successful because you're going to be dreading every day. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jada Curry, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything I missed? Uh, no, I think that's it. Perfect. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, you are the first person younger than me that I've had. I've, I've had sophomores on, but they're actually older than me, yeah. uh, just normal human-wise. Yeah. <laughs> but right. you are younger than me academically and normal human-wise as right. well in terms of years. Um, but it, it doesn't disappoint. You know, I think there's many great freshmen on campus every single year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's hard to talk about so many things because usually I talk about growing up and then how you got into Cal and recruited and what your first impression was, COVID, and then yeah. how you got out of that. But for you, it's like you have so much to talk about just in, in one year, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I am rooting for you. Thank I am you. <laughs> in your corner. Uh, I hope you know, like like I mentioned, obviously with that peer advising yeah. there whenever you need it. Um, but I really look forward to watching you over the next two or three seasons and years. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, it, it'll be one day me asking for your jersey like you did to Steph, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that, that'll be awesome. And like I said, like as well, I hope to have you on here in the next two, three years just yeah. to review your seasons, and I look forward to, to building this relationship. So Definitely. Thank you so much for, for accepting the, the invitation and coming on. I, I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, and to everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you guys so much. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, please follow the podcast. That's it for today. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll see you all next time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andraes. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.